what? Hello? tonight that we're going to memorialize too yeah this is a sad day at the drive-in and the grindhouse and that's pretty much what the, where this show is except for baby one and uh we're starting with the one who died yesterday judo gene bell one of the kings of the stunt man and star two great stories well, people said that story in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was bullshit. Well, it was and it wasn't. story was is that uh, Bruce was uh, nervous being around the stuntmen in America. So he was just showing his ass, and the stuntman was getting tired of getting, as they put in wrestling, potatoed all the time. Mm-hmm. So the producer called in a friend of his, Gene LaBelle, who seen Bruce, and when Bruce tried to take a swing at him, he grabbed him in a bear hug and started carrying him around the set. And for five minutes, Bruce Lee was screaming, put me down, damn you, put me down. <laughs> and when he put him down, the first thing Bruce Lee said 
wow, can you teach me your techniques? And the dean said, only if you teach me yours. And from there, a beautiful friendship started. Yep. Yeah, I've read the article that that's based on. Well, yeah. you know, that was based on that, that Gene. I, I don't really know who Gene Bell is. I, I really had to look at him at IMDb. But the article, which details the story that you, you talked about, is really good, and everyone should read that because it's a wonderful story. Man, there was another great story about him. Is uh, This MMA fighter was talking to Gene. He said, for eight years I fought and never lost a fight, and I didn't make a cent. Then I went into the movies and lost every one of my fights and became rich. <laughs> nice. I mean, he was yep. like one of the top fight choreographers out there. And he was the source of the infamous story where Steven Seagal was talking shit on set that no one could put a move on him. No other martial arts could put a move on him in his Kempo. Well, Gene LaBelle was standing behind him and was just sick of hearing his shit. So he grabbed Steven, put him in a sleeper hold, and within 30 seconds, Mr. Steven Seagal was out cold and shitting his pants. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He just went boom and dropped him on the ground like that. Good. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, that was, you talk shit, you get shit. You get what you pay exactly. for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are sad. It's sad that he's. Well, a lot of people who are stuntman junkies like me. I, mm-hmm. God damn, he's cracking. Not even five minutes and he's cracking open a beer. No, actually, actually, it's a tonic. It's hot up here. Give me a break. No air conditioning. That's what, that's what he says. He says a tonic, but on the side it says Jim Beams. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, it's a tonic with a coffee syrup. I know I'm weird. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, well, I, mo- go ahead. Go on. No, I was just no, going to say. I, I I was just going to say that uh, you know another person. Uh, you know, Gary Kent would probably have a lot to say about Gene Bell, too. Oh, God, yeah. All of them do. It's like yeah. every stuntman has a Gene Bell story. <laughs> you nice. know, it's one of those where he's one of those guys where you just sit around the fire and just tell stories about him. Mm-hmm. But the next one who died a couple of days ago was Olivia Newton-John. I mean, from the 70s to the 90s, you couldn't get away from her music. And me, I got to know her and liked her country phase. 
Well, she did songs like "Please, Mister Please," uh, 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 "Let Me Be There," and her country stuff, which really were top forty hits. No, absolutely, absolutely. But then she decided she wanted to cross over after she got the teen audience. In uh, date rape the movie. Oh God, I fucked up the title. What was it called again? I think it's Grease, like KY. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but any movie with the line "Did she put much up much of a fight?" is a pro rape song. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've never liked that whole movie. If you want to get your guy, you got to be a slut. Oh, I hate that film, and so so does my my partner uh, Rachel. We both hate that, and I saw it on stage, and I hated it seriously. Yeah. And the big reason I hate it is uh, Harry Reams was cast as the coach in it, and everyone from the producers down liked it. And then one of the head up at Paramount found out about. Uh, Harry Reams film pass. And they fired him because he didn't want their movie about date rape and being a slut be offended with someone of Harry's acting yeah. abilities. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Just just in Harry's defense, he was one of the best actors in, 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 in adult cinema. Oh, Seriously. God, yes. He was one of the best comedians. He could have pulled that role, role off a lot better than, uh, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Sid Caesar. <laughs> yeah, Sid Caesar. Very old and out of touch, Sid Caesar. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. Uh, uh, you know, you know, he actually played that role on stage, Harry Rings. Who? I didn't know yeah. if he knew that or not. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the original cast. Right. About the only one they did bring into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, as far as Olivia Newton-John, a couple things I want to bring up. Um, if you want to see Olivia Newton-John at the beginning of her career and you can uh, stomach a really bad science fiction musical... Um, go see tomorrow. No, right? <laughs> no, no. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sorry. Remember, there's two O's in it. Right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot it, about that. And even she thought that was a piece of she. Well, it they is. Let okay. the singers write any of their songs. And none of the songs suited the singers. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad. But in her defense, out of all the people in that movie, she's the one that has talent. You can tell. No, Seriously, you don't have I'm to not her. The best way to describe it is if I brought Carl in and had him do a solo commentary on blood sucking freaks. That kind of <laughs> not fit, not fit, you know. Exactly. Hire singers. Let them do the songs like they know how to sing, because they have uh, talent. You know. Uh, 
Now, for as far as singing is concerned, I liked her post-80s stuff, where she went more standards and things like that. Uh, but anything that, that she recorded, there was real talent involved. But we need to make a mention of what we consider the premier movie that she ever starred in. Yeah, and, no, and it it's was not... the biggest flop that, well, second biggest flop that she was in. Right. But it's wonderful. And yeah, that... I, I love it. And that's Xanadu. And if you've listened to the show, you've heard how much Carl hates ELO. But he likes the <laughs> songs for fucking Xanadu. I know. I can't stand them. And I love this movie. But there's a reason I love this movie, and it's not ELO. And to be honest, uh, it's not exactly Olivia Newton-John either. Can I tell Michael Beck's uh, story about that? He was doing an interview, and someone said to him, aren't you embarrassed that you were in Xanadu after the Warriors? And he went, fuck you, I got to dance with Gene Kelly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I just watched the the finale to that a, a day or so ago. Yeah. And it is just so over the top, and it's so bad. But you look at Gene Kelly. You look at everyone around Gene Kelly. He's having a blast. They're having a blast. There's just so much good vibes coming out of that, that no yeah. matter how tacky the, the music is or the movie is, you can't help but love it. And trust me, that's really, really gotten a big – uh, a cult following over the years. Huge cult and, following for that movie. And isn't that really the point of all musicals? To be as tacky as they can, but still make you love them with all your heart? Well, it depends on the musical. I don't think Bob Fosse would agree with you. But oh, Bob Fosse called me a dumb cocksucker for saying that, but that's Bob Fosse. <laughs> But you can't say that having a 20-minute bit singing about how you're going to fucking die is not mm-hmm. over-the-top and tacky. He yeah, would make a joke but... about this where the guy goes, I wonder how much this costs. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, the point is, you know, I mean, the whole argument with musicals, is that in real life, people don't, you know, stop and, and, and burst out into song. Well, they don't live in New York, okay, because there, a lot of us do. Um, and, 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 and to me, that whatever you would call tackiness or that sort of thing or that sense that you're leaving the real world, it's not real, is part of what makes a musical a musical. You know, uh, and that suspension and, of, of this. And this is off topic, but the perfect example of that is the first 15 minutes of Godspell. Oh, God. Where it starts out in the real world, you hear real world sounds, and then slowly the first song keeps building and building until all of its characters leave the real world. 
and go into their own world, you know. Yeah. One of the great, that's one of the great movie musicals of all time. It truly is. And I love that movie. Okay. And Carl's so, anyway. shocked that I love it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. I am shocked. But we both we both love that one. We're not big fans of uh, Jeff, of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. No, I love what's his name is Judas. He's like the whole reason to watch that thing. Yeah, Carl Carl Davis. Carl, I forget his last name, but it's Carl it's something. Yes, or, it's not Douglas. It's Davis. Yeah, Carl Davis. But God, but, but, he's the one who brings out the power in those songs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but Olivia anyway. Newton, go ahead. A great singer. She was perfect for the 70s country scene. She was perfect for the 80s pop scene, you know. She just you know, and Yeah. And there's physical, too. You know, that was such a huge hit for her on yeah. MTV and that sort of thing. And, of course, that one, basically everybody started panting and, and drooling. Uh, and and going to uh, workout joints in tight spandex. Yes. And and should we mention her other terrible movie that she was in or should we oh, just Oh, I said second biggest flop. The second one is they're like, hey, let's bring them back for a movie. What's it going to be? Oh, I know. Two of a kind. Yes. If it wasn't Paired for the again. guy who played the devil, I wouldn't have just ignored that movie. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's one other movie I should mention. Which is much later, okay, mm-hmm. and and it, it's really interesting, and that's Sorted Lives, and and it's a real it's a real um, um, satire, and she plays the mother of one of the characters, and she gets to sing this song, and it's just like it's pretty cool, you know. She had talent; she could do other things. Yeah. I don't know if you know that film or not. No, but, but, but yeah. But here's the serious point and the one that I want people to take away with. She died of reoccurring breast cancer. Women, you need to honestly, this is a plea, women out there and guys need to get checked for breast and testicular cancer because those are the two most Common hidden killers in women and men. Absolutely. But there's such a stigma about it. You mean you won't have your boobies anymore? Oh, fuck. Exactly. It's like I said. Nowadays, it's like the $6 billion man. If you get your breast removed for uh, breast cancer, you can hear Oscar Goldman in the background. We can rebuild them. We can make them better. (laughs) We can make them perkier. We can make them any way you want. <laughs> great, great. And I don't mean that as a joke. I just mean that as a truth. Yeah. So there's no reason to not take care of your ass, especially nowadays when we get all these boogie, oogie boogie viruses coming around. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Ah. Uh, well, you know, rest in peace, Olivia. You yeah, were a major talent, and, and, and we're going to miss you. No question. And people keep going to the doctors and get tested. Because I want y'all to annoy my ass for many years, and I want to annoy your ass for as many years as I can. And this is coming oh, please from someone do, who's, Stephen. Yeah, please annoy me forever. Someone who's uh, uh, suffering from non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the frickin' liver. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, and, keep, keep and the shit out of me. And Carl's suffering from uh, ugly asshole syndrome. Well, so no, actually, think- actually, we don't know exactly what's going on, but more than likely, uh, it, it's um, it's colitis, some sort of colitis that I well, have right I now. Well, I call it ugly asshole syndrome because from what you say, that shit that comes out your asshole is ugly as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but, but still, well, you know, and, and my asshole is generally ugly people. anyway. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. But get seriously, get checked. Go to your doctors. Keep in good health. God damn it, <laughs> we can live longer nowadays thanks to all these pills and potions and boogies and brews. Take advantage of yeah. it. Don't be an asshole, because the people that you leave behind are going to be pissed at you. <laughs> Yep. And that's, yeah. Okay, moving on. Next is, well, he died in a car crash uh, Thursday night from complications. He was in a car with his daughter, and they had a nasty little head-on crash, and he didn't make it to the next day, and that is the great Roger E. Mosley. Most of you would know him from his TV work and Magnum P.I., but me and Carl know him for two special films that came out in the black exploitation. One that is actually a black three. But we'll, What's the third? I, uh, we'll get to that. You mentioned okay. your two, then I'll mention the third one. Uh, that most of us, if you're a black exploitation fan, one you'll know easily, and one you might not have seen because it is a hard to see motherfucker, isn't it, Carl? Yeah. Yep. And that first yep. one is that, well, should we save the one that everybody's seen for last? Yeah. Okay. Number three would be Sweet Jesus Preacher Man. He plays a mob assassin who's set undercover in Watts, and he takes over this community church, and he and he becomes like one with the people, and he finds out he likes being a preacher more than he likes working for the mafia. Yep. And there isn't no sellout movie like Willie Dynamite, because he's a preacher, but still he goes to bars, he goes to titty bars, he gets drunk in it. <laughs> and he fights and William it, Smith. <laughs> oh, Big fuck Bruce yeah. And don't forget, don't forget Michael Pataki in it as, as uh, the state senator, too. Yeah. Marla Gibson's in it, too. Yeah, it's a fun that. little movie. Oh, and it why is. It's a lot. It's of... so hard to see. I don't understand. Yeah, they they need to bring that out on 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 Blu-ray. They really do. I mean, it's got one of those titles that make you go, "What?" Just from the title, doesn't it? Yep. Sweet Jesus, 
Preacher Man. <laughs> and what's yours, the third one? Uh, lead Belly. Oh, God, yeah, Lead Belly. Gordon Park's dream film that the studio fucked over and, and it barely got released when it came out. Yeah, but man, I tell you, it is a great film and he Oh, God, oh, yeah. He's the lead in it. And it's wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Matt Sinclair is also in Yeah. And, and, Ernest, and uh, Crossroads, uh, <laughs> Ralph Macchio, along with his right? Bruce collection, has a VHS copy of Lead Belly. Yep. And, and the other thing, too, is Ernie Hudson. It was, I think it was Ernie's first role. No, one of us, at least. his first role was in uh, The Human Tornado. Oh, oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. that's really good, too. Oh, God, yes. That's one I wish Criterion would put on there. I mean, they've got oh, two oh. Gordon... They've already got two great Gordon Parks movies on the collection. The Learning mm-hmm. Tree and uh, Shaft. Right. Now, everyone knows the third one. It's the film where Richard Pryor got fired on it because he punched out the director. And it's also the movie where they had to play off the Black Panthers so they wouldn't harass them on the set. Yeah. And it's the Mac. Oh God, I love that movie. How come people say that movie glamorizes being a pimp? That's one thing I've <laughs> never understood about. I mean everybody that uh the main guy's character touches in this movie either ends up dead or corrupted by him. Even his brother who's a, a do gooder. Ends up being corrupt because of what he does in the climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's such a great film. Yeah. And, and, and great and, dialogue, and, 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 too. Well, Mosley's very good in it, but but I have to say that Pryor really, really steals that film. I don't know if you would agree with me or not. Oh, God, yeah. And that, well, like that one scene where he has the breakdown for real? Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker, you ain't going to make me walk home. I ain't walking nowhere. I ain't running nowhere, motherfucker. Just shoot me, motherfucker. <laughs> and then the other one, the white one of the cops is like, okay, what should I do? I'll keep begging him on. Yeah, run home, boy. Run home. I got your motherfucking boy hanging here. And finally, <laughs> uh, the guy who plays the Mac. Max Julian. Max Julian has to drag his ass off. And that's another one we lost this year. Yeah, we lost Max too earlier. Max about, Julian. In March we met. We lost Max. Yeah. March. And we didn't say anything about it. But if you really want to watch a good Max Julian movie, and you've already seen the Mac, Thomasina, and Bushrod. Absolutely. Love that movie. Love that movie. 
And, and for Roger Mosley, I want to mention a couple other films, just briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we all know him from Magnum P.I. Yeah. But, and, of course, Tom Selleck. But Tom Selleck and him actually co-starred in a movie together called Terminal Island. And I want, and I want you to take it from there and tell the story. Terminal Island is a feminist women in prison movie. I mean, it's even more feminist than The Naked Cage. Yeah. It is good. But it's one of the harder to see titles. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But and tell the story on about the set of that movie. Uh, Roger E. Mosley and Tom Selleck played two of the main characters, and they got along so well that when Magnum got the role in Magnum P.I., they asked him, "Well, who can we get to play your uh, best buddy for Vietnam, the helicopter pilot?" And he's like, I know just the guy. And within a week, Roger E. Mosley was cast. Yep. And, and, and of course, that's where most people know him from. And it's all because of Terminal Island. Um, mm-hmm. Another movie I want to talk about very, very briefly, he had a supporting role in it, is The River Niger. Uh, do you know that one? No, I know the title, but I've never seen it. That one's like a rare, rare beast. Yeah, it is a rare beast. Uh, uh, Director by by the name of Krishna Shaw, uh, um, and it was a play. And uh, it stars Cicely Tyson, James Earl Jones, and Louis Gossett Jr. And Roger Mosley is in it, along with one of your favorite people, Glenn Terman. Glenn Turman. Awesome. Well, Glenn Turman is and, really and, and, in everything if you look if you really look at the movies of the seventies. <laughs> and and basically, it's it's about uh, it's about uh, the James Earl Jones character. Johnny Williams is a house painter and moonlights as a poet, <laughs> struggling financially and and emotional support to his cancer-ridden wife Maddie. And and uh, takes every ounce of his love and courage to make it through their strife, finding redemption in the River Niger. And the River Niger is um, exactly what you think it is. It's an African uh, river. It is a really good drama uh, based, of course, on a play, uh, which I, I, I've never seen the play, but I've seen the film. Uh, and it's very, very good. Now, one other one where he also was in very briefly. The River Oh, and you, Do you remember yes? the controversy about the River Niger because some people mispronounced the title? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's no, it's not, the, it's not the River Edward. Yeah, right, it's not the River Edward. And some people say, is that the river, boy? What? No. no. <laughs> so so one other movie, one other movie we got to talk about, about Roger Mosley. Okay. And I'm just, I'm going to say the title and I'll let you do it. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I know you love this movie. 
Dark Town Strutters. Oh, God, yes. That movie is batshit insane. No other movie <laughs> are you going to see Colonel Sanders dressed up as the devil running around feeding black men chicken and watermelon to make them impotent. <laughs> well, besides black dynamite, but that was cold malt liquor. Yeah. And yes, uh, he said that he based that on Darktown Strutters, that bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and a couple other things, too. Uh, mostly's in it, but so is Otis Day. Yeah, and the Bells. You're right, exactly. And, they and of course, our, our... scene where they walk up to Otis Bell in the days inside a prison cell, and they stand outside mm. while Otis Bell in the days does a whole song. Then they go, see you later. He's like, hey, aren't you going to let us out of here? No, man, we got to go. Okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, let's not forget Dick Miller either. He was in everything. Yeah. Great film. It's just insane. It's just it's totally insane. insane. With the greatest motorcycle helmets I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Roger E. Mosley, more than just TC from Magnum. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so where uh, to next? last week, the new Beverly Cinema got a little sadder because one of its best patrons, who would always go to every horror film that they showed and sit in the front row and talk to everybody, because he lived like five blocks away, Clue Gulliger died last week. Most of us would know him from... Uh, Either Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or The Great Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was, from what I heard, everyone who went to the New Beverly said he was there every week and he was everybody's friend once you met him. Nice. Nice. Yeah, him and his wife had an acting school. Uh, that he uh, worked on in New York, and that's why he took acting jobs, so he could keep the acting school funded. Now, now most of his work that I know of is from TV. Um, you know, I mean, he was he was all over TV in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, you know. Did a number of things on Canon, Police Story, Ellery Queen, Barnaby Jones, lots of yeah. TV movies. Like you know, I said, he wanted he to keep that uh, actor school funded. But but if you take a look, one of the things that I, I do want to talk about is uh, Jack Shoulder when he did uh, uh, when he did. Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, he had worked with Clue before and and just immediately wanted to give him a break and got him as, as, as the dad, the clueless dad. And he was wonderful yeah. in that. 
And then, and then of course, then, then uh, Return of the Living Dead, which is just you know, like, a, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And the fact that they decided to release two Night of the Living Dead sequels on the same day, just yeah. you want to take whoever make that decision, just punch them in the mouth. Absolutely. Because one, Romero was fucked, but kids would be like, we could try to get into that, but they say we can't get into that because it's unrated. Okay, we'll go see the other Night of the Living Dead zombie movies. That's R-rated. Another one we should talk about because we've had the director on before is is uh, from a whisper to a scream. Oh God, Also known as the Offspring. So that movie is so fucking good. He is so good in that as that creepy uh, necrophile. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. And, and Jeff had great stories about him, too. Oh, I remember. Jeff Berg. Ah, Eswick. Ah. Oh. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Susan Tyrell. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Burr was great. Yeah, her name came up and both Jeff and I just went off. Yeah. But in the screen, yeah. if you like anthology horror films, it's one of the best that you probably never seen. I've seen and it's absolutely. The best, it's the best horror anthology set in Tennessee too. True. Uh again, Jack Shoulder did did the hidden with him and he played in the hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie which you like a lot, which I don't really know that well. It's mm-hmm. tape heads. That is good, but it's decent. Yeah, and he, I, I think he plays the uh, um, the head of the the, the um, uh, radio station. I think. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in. He's in. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Uh, yeah. He's in Eddie Presley too, which again is uh is that Jeff Burr, I think? I think so, yeah. Um yeah, because Jeff yeah, that's Jeff Burr. Again, and that's one he thing was we want to we... uh Stay Stallone's uh movie he made before he died. I right. forget what the name of it is. But what I was going to mention is you'll notice that once he worked with somebody they wanted him again. Jeff yeah. Burr used him a lot. Shoulder used him a lot. People loved him. And he was very, very competent, very, very professional, and just a lot of fun to work with. Yeah. And everyone at the New Beverly said that he loved them to death. Oh, we're forgetting one. A film that Uh-oh. I've heard personally that... He didn't like one of the, the the actor that he was teamed up with in the movie, but it's one of the best versions of that short story, and it's on Criterion too, and that is The yep. Killers. Oh man, what a great film! 
Yeah. And he's such a he's such a fucking evil man in that movie. Good God. Yeah, and that's the one with Ronald Reagan in his last role as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like just when I was like, God damn, I want to see more of Ronald Reagan as a son of a bitch. And I was like, I didn't want him in control of the country to see it, god damn it. I wanted him in the movie. <laughs> so another thing we need to talk about Clue Gallagher is his son is a uh, horror director. And yeah, he got his, son his had, uh, first shot on that uh, Project Greenlight series that Ben Affleck and uh, what's his name? The guy Matt Damon. Born, Matt Damon. Matt Damon had. They, they, right. He won the first season and made uh, Feast, which is pretty fun. The camera yeah, shot yeah, you know, make you dizzy, but it's pretty fun. Well, the thing about Feast, and, and the reason I, I bring this up is is that it's my partner's, uh, Rachel's favorite series of horror movies in, in, in the new millennium. She loves them. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and so John, his son, cast his dad and all three as the bartender. You know, yeah. who sort of comes in and sort of just gives you a little bit of information. They're They're fun movies. They're not outstanding but they're fun the first one's the best yes I agree because of course the first one also has Tony Todd in it too yeah so you know and what I like is when they introduce the characters they give like their lifespans yes yeah the hero guy if he dies you're all we're all fucked and then about exactly. 10 seconds later. <laughs> so, so those are the films <laughs> that, that yeah, we want to go over. I can't really with. talk enough about how beloved he was at the new Beverly Theater. I mean, he lived, like I say, he lived like three blocks there and he would show up for about everything. And he was like every one of the regulars, he was like on a first name basis with them. You know, and of course, that also got him the role in his last film that he was in is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. A small role as the manager of the bookstore. Yeah. Oh. You notice that we've come back to that film twice tonight? Yes, we have. <laughs> well, Once Upon a Time in Podcast Land, I guess. Once upon a time, and thank God, thank God we missed the trailer in that movie for C.C. Ryder. I don't know why Tarantino is obsessed with that film. I don't know either. <laughs> but moving on, this is like the main event for us because if you're into Italiano Sploriatation, this guy is one of the god was one of the gods. Whenever you see him in a movie, you know he's very batshit and bizarre. And that is the late, great John Steiner. Carl would know him best for palling around with uh, Helen Mirren and uh, Malcolm McDowell in... Caligula. Yeah, yeah. 
And what's funny is if you've seen pictures of John Steiner, you wouldn't recognize him in Caligula. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, he um, is. The Tinto Brass Cut is great at that. It cuts out a lot absolutely. of the porn bullshit that uh, Guccione, the pimp, to quote John Gilgood, filmed secretly and added in. And adds and cuts the movie into the way to make it make sense. Yeah, if you want to see that movie, you want to see Tinto Brass's cut of it. That's the only real way to see it. And it actually then brings back Gore Vidal's script uh, to at least where you could tell it was a script at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Steiner was fucking great. Oh, absolutely. On the on the commentary, uh, McDowell said Steiner creeped him out the whole time while he was on set. He said he kept looking at him like he was going to kill him at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If you creep out Malcolm McDowell, you're doing quite a fucking job. Yeah. Trust me on that. Well, Steiner yeah. was that good. He's He never... Got the star role in many, but when he was on the role, you knew who he was, you know. It was just like... Well, I think oh, probably yeah. our our listeners would know him best as the bad guy from You're the Hunter from the Future, which, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the full three-hour cut of that will never happen, but... Even what we have, he's fucking great in it. Steiner is just so good. His first role was as, and in a role that, in a movie that me and Carl love because it's so nasty and sleazy and slimy, that would be Marat Saad. Ah, yep. Yep. Or to quote its full title, Marat Saad, The Killing of Jean-Paul Marat, as performed by the inmates of, I forget the asylum's name, under the leadership of the Marquis de Saad. Right. Do you remember who was the first uh, production company to put on Marat Saad in the U.S.? Not offhand. The Organic Theater. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Stuart Gordon. But yeah, this mm-hmm. one, if you haven't seen it, it's a good one. Well, Isn't okay. One thing we one? could always say, there is a rule. Okay? Yeah. If Patrick McGee goes batshit crazy, it's worth watching. Goes, I think he's batshit crazy from the start. <laughs> well, in any movie, I'm talking about if he like starts out as normal, but he gets to batshit crazy, or if he's batshit crazy at the beginning, if he gets batshit crazy in a movie, watch it. Yeah, seriously. And as and also, a un, and as a two unannounced TV announcer, 
1967. He was also in Bedazzled, the best, one of the best comedies ever made. Yes. And people people forget also that he uh, he was English. You know, you know, you see him on all these Italian films, which we'll talk about a little later. But he was English, so yeah. that's how he got started. And he was in the Thirteen Chairs, which I think try to track down now because it's another retelling of uh, the what was it, uh, Mel Brooks uh, version. Uh, yeah, the, the, nine 12, chairs, the twelve, the twelve chairs, the twelve chairs. He plays Stanley Duncan. Yeah, and that's actually also directed by Nicholas Gessner. Do you know who? What else that Nicholas Gessner directed? Know what? The little girl who lived down the lane. Oh God! But still. <laughs> Yeah, co-directed with an Italian guy. I have to take this. I have to find this. Okay, Sharon Tate, Vittorio Gossman, Orson Welles, Vittoria De Sica, Terry Thomas, John Steiner, oh, Lionel Jeffries. Holy shit. Yeah, I got I to gotta see this. Yeah, he's drooling already. I'm fucking drooling. No question. And he was in a cut. In the seventies, he was in Politia's, like the case is forged, the case is closed. Forget it. Uh, snap the monster on page one. The police serve the citizens. Massacre in Rome. Uh, and then he was in White Fang and Challenge to White Fang for Lucio Fulci. Yep. And I remember seeing him in this. I, uh, uh, again, he, he's a supporting character. That's Franco Nero and uh, Fernando Ray. Of course, you yeah. know Fernando Ray from, from uh, um, um, the um, French Connection. Yeah. And then he was in a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre English film, which is... I don't want to be born. The one about uh, Joan Collins turning down the midget, and the midget possesses her unborn baby, so she's going to get so she gives birth to a demented possessed baby with a midget's evil thing causing her to kill it. Okay, and it's also known as Sharon's baby. Yeah, I wonder what film they were trying to ta- lean off of. Huh. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, Rosemary's Baby? Yeah. Maybe? Uh, probably. And then you know, and, is, and, and, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, directed by Peter Sasty, who was a damn good director for, for, oh, for yeah. Keeping Hammer. He was one of my favorite. I think he's one of my favorite Sasty. He did, uh, Hands of the Ripper, which I love to death. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, uh, but... next, we're skipping over at the 75, Violent Rome, which is good. The, another, the way you would know Violent Roma is Rome armed to the teeth, or the violent one. 
Yeah, this that one I don't know. Yeah, you do. You know, the one uh, that's on all the Grindhouse releasing DVDs, you know, with the hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah, Theodore. Son, yeah, Theodore, son of a whore. Good to meet you. <laughs> oh, okay. The one with Ray Lovelock. Okay. Yeah, and Maurizio Merley and the great Tomas Milan. Yep. And then okay, he was gotcha. in a bizarre comedy for uh, Fulci, uh, Dracula in the Provinces, which I haven't seen because most Italian comedies were this, not. I just saw this about a year ago. Okay. And I thought it was great. Ah. It's not. I did. I, you know, it's stupid. He likes to bite the ass of women, which personally I I don't have a problem with. Are you sure um, Tito Brass did not direct this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. I like it. And, of course, he's uh, Count Dragulescu. Yeah. Not Dracula, but Dragulescu. And... No. After that, in 76, is one of his gold titles, which most people are like, you consider that gold? You're sick. Yes, I consider Salon Kitty a gold title. Absolutely. Yeah. Tinto Brass's story about the whorehouses that uh, the Nazis had where they could spy on their main guys. So one of the things I, I want to talk about very briefly is um, Stephen turned me on to a, uh, a site called Midnight Pulp, and uh, they have movies you can watch for free. And I watched this uh, documentary on Nazi exploitation, and they spent a good amount of time on Salon Kitty, a.k.a. Madam Kitty. And, and yeah. uh, there, there's a number of people that talk about Steiner. Steiner is not uh, uh, um, interviewed, but but he is certainly mentioned in, uh, and and it's a really good film. I mean, those people that don't like Nazi exploitation, which is probably ninety percent of the uh, uh, population, maybe you want to keep away from it. But if you you, if there's one Nazi exploitation film you should watch, it's this one. Seriously. Yeah. This is like the gold standard for it. And the Night Porter. And the Night Porter, absolutely. Yeah. And then This he is was more exploitation. The... the Night Porter is more exploitation. Yeah. And then we get into one that, well, he was in Mark Strikes Again, which is one of the Marco the Cop starring uh, Thomas Milan. And then we get into the prey, deported women of the SS special section. This was one of the other films. <laughs> and that's me you don't want to watch this film. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Again, no. the Nazi exploitation uh, documentary I saw, I spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> As they're showing scenes, I basically have my hands over my eyes like, no, I don't want to see this. <laughs> it's a nasty piece of work. 
Yeah. And we're going to skip on down to Mangina, or A Man Called Blade, which has Maurizio Murley in a spaghetti western, and his main weapon is a throwing axe. Oh, nice. And uh, John Steiner plays the poor bastard in it, who gets his goddamn hand cut off with an axe within the first four minutes of the movie. <laughs> Yep. Okay, back up, back up. Okay. And now at 77 is uh, more police. Criminals attack. The police respond. Gangbusters. Antonio Gonzo, the dark days of prison. And then in 1979, he was in a little film that didn't cause much controversy over here that we talked about already, Caligula. Yep. And then in 1980 is one of his craziest roles, which you must see, and that's in The Last Hunter. He plays this crazy major over in Vietnam who's gone batshit insane, who sends his troops out once a day to run to a tree and get a coconut and run back with a coconut balanced in his head. And if they don't get shot, he gives them a medal. Okay. That should tell you how batshit crazy that movie is. That's pretty crazy. It's good. And then we got Hunters of the Golden Cobra, which was... Uh, uh, you're missing crazy. one. I want to go back. What? Okay. Car Crash? No. The Salamander. Oh, the Salamander. Go ahead. Okay. So, basically, this is uh, another Policia. But I remember seeing this, and, and I'm not sure if it was under this title or another title, but I saw this at a, at, at a New York uh, a grindhouse. And, yeah. it's, and, and what was really weird to me was, here's Anthony Quinn. And then, oh, my God, there's Martin Balsam. There's Franco <laughs> Nero. There's Christopher Lee. There's fucking Cleavon Little. There's Paul Smith, John Stein. And I'm looking at this like, how the fuck do I not know this? Well, I tell you, one of the reasons I, most people don't know it, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, not it's not good, but it's entertaining as fuck. It really is. And, and and I think what they were trying to, you know, who else is in it? Eli Wallach, Claudia Cardinal. I mean, God they're just damn. throwing these. They're throwing these people at, and they're only in it for like three, four minutes. It's like the Italian version of Winter Kills. Seriously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. And here so we I go. So I need to talk about that one. Yeah, and and hundreds of the Golden Cobra. Is just your average uh, Raiders of the Ark ripoff. But okay. then we get into 1982 with what I consider Dario Gentile's best film and one of John Steiner's best performances as Cristiano Berti, Tenebrae. Love Great this film. movie, and I love him. Yeah, he's really good in this. This, this is. Probably, I would I would consider this his best role. 
I don't know if you would agree with that or not. Yeah. He was just so good it, in it. You know, and he really was. Uh, uh, and, and again, I I happen, um, you know, when 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 you go into Argento, you can you know you can argue which one his best is. <clears throat> I mean, see, there's so many you can argue, but this is certainly yeah. up there, no doubt. For me, this is his best. You know, I mean, the double twist, like uh, when. Uh, Steiner vanishes through the film halfway, and you're saying to yourself, "Wait, but but what the uh, what the fuck what the fuck uh, what the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. And he still has an impact on the movie after he vanishes from the movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the next one he did was in 1983. And that is Carl's beloved Your Hunter of the Future, which was a three-hour television miniseries that they made into an 80-minute movie. So if you're wondering why the fuck was it so confusing. <laughs> That's because they cut out an hour and 20 minutes of it. More than that, 80 minutes from three hours? Yeah. More than that, 80 minutes, 80, 90, 120, that's It's 20. 100 minutes. It would be 100 minutes. No, two hours out. and 20 minutes. About two hours yeah. and 20 minutes. Yeah. And you're wondering why you're sitting there going, what the fuck? But even with what's there, you could tell Steiner is having a blast, number one. Oh, God, yeah. And number two, he's really fucking good as a bad guy. Yeah. And another Seriously. Indiana Jones ripoff we got going here, which is the Ark of the Sun God. It's another Indiana Jones ripoff. I well, you know, the way Italians, they ripped off everything. Yeah. Seriously. That's why we love them. And then there's oh, AD, yeah. which uh, he plays uh, Simon the Magus. Don't you remember they did two back-to-back miniseries, uh, B.C. and A.D.? Right, they did. What it was is B.C. was before Christ, and A.D. was after the death. Yep. And actually, A.D. does not mean that. A.D. means Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Most people yeah. call it AD after death, yeah. Yeah, because it makes sense because the split does come right after Jesus' death. Right. And then we got Cut and Run, one of the sleaziest fucking films that R- Ruggiero Diodato has ever made. We're second in command there. And it has uh, Michael Berryman as uh, a killer who just jumps out of nowhere with uh, machetes and kills you. And uh, what's his name from God Told Me To, the burn guy that we love to death? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch as a cult leader. Mm-hmm. So if that sounds good to you... <laughs> 
Oh, fuck yeah. And we have, uh, and there's like, uh, the, the, the Operation Nom, when their Nom ripoff. And then we got another art film that he was in that was kind of weird, but it didn't get much traction over here. Do you remember Julia and Julia where, uh, what's her name from Peggy Sue gets married? Uh, plays yes. like two people. Yeah. He plays the, her husband in one of the two da- in one of the two affair things. Yep. It's a weird little movie. It was shot on video, but it's pretty good. But it's just a weird little experimental movie. Okay. Oh, I forgot. He was also in uh, the Berlin Affair. Canon Which is very version. good, by the way. Yeah. Isn't that the canon Harry Palmer film they did? Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. But by then, people didn't know who Harry Palmer was, so no one gave a shit over here. Right, exactly. But Carl did. <laughs> Damn right I did. I knew it was Harry Palmer. Fuck you. Oh, and he was in another one, too. Which uh, one was that? See. Appointment in Liverpool. Uh, yeah, that one I don't know. I don't think that ever came over here. I think that was a TV movie. Well, we not, got, not sure. To end up his career, we got Paprika, 91, a Tito Brass movie, uh, Sinbad in the Seven Seas, which is the same as uh, Hercules, except that with uh, Luperino's Hercules, we have him as Sinbad. Yeah, not... Uh, it's it's the least of the three. Okay. That's being nice. But yeah, I mean, really just look at the career that he had. He was all over the place, even in... Prestige American television productions. Mm-hmm. And British films, too. You know, I mean, one of the films you didn't mention, which he was uncredited, but he made his uh, debut in Darling. That wasn't on the list. Which, it's, it's, I, I have it at the IMDb. That, it's not on your list because he was uncredited. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was uncredited but, and fucking bedazzled, but he's on there. Yeah. God, but he was also. List. Yep. They make you look like a dumbass. <laughs> You're not a dumbass. I'm the dumbass. We already no, know that. No, I'm just saying that. You know, like, it's all on the list I looked at. Well, here's a different list. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, damn it. <laughs> But yeah, John he, Steiner was just a badass. You, you know, can't the thing about Italian, John Steiner. Go ahead. Go ahead. The thing about John Steiner is is that once you see him and you recognize him, right? Then you watch all these other movies. Oh my God, there he is! There he is! There he is! Oh my God, he's everywhere. He except was everywhere, in Cal- except in Caligula. Well, he was in Cali. He was there. 
that's what I mean. You don't recognize him in Caligula. Oh, oh yes, that's true. Yeah, because of that weird makeup with the spiked head and all that. Yeah. Well, they were going for Fellini shit. You know, they were definitely going for Fellini shit. Yeah. Well, you know, mostly um, Bob Guccione was jealous that uh, Hugh Hefner had success with real movies. Right. You know, uh, just, just, you know, I mean, he worked in Italy, he did so many great, you know, a movie we forgot? Fuck. Fuck. Shock. Shock. Oh, God, yeah, shock. Terror Extraordinary. That's why I forgot it, because it was under there, under Terror Extraordinary. Shock is absolutely fucking amazing. It was the last Can film directed by Martin Can I tell you a story about how the first time you probably seen it was? And it's the first time well, I've seen it this way, too, as Beyond the Door 2. No, I actually saw it as Shock, I think. I might have seen it as Beyond, but I saw that in the 80s when I was in New York. Yeah. And it was at a well, Baba, Baba, Baba retrospective. retrospective. Okay, okay. Yeah, they probably got the Shock print instead of uh, Beyond the Door 2. They didn't even, right. there's no difference besides the titles. They released it mm-hmm. uncut because why change a frame of Baba's work? And by the way, Daria Nicolodi died this year, too. She died, I think, in January. Oh, yeah, Daria. She was uh, great in Tenebrae, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much all the leads from the Mac are dead. Yeah, it's such a shame. But but he was really really good. And, and he, all he quit, this. Go ahead. He quit Go ahead. acting, by the way, and he ended up being a successful real estate agent working out of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And that's how he spent the rest of his life. And I think he made more money being a real estate agent in Beverly Hills than he did during his acting career. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But you know well, what? You can sell you can sell real estate and, and Beverly Hills and be rich, but to be remembered, you need to be an actor by the name of John Stein. Damn. Or another actor who uh after being uh total to Greece did like a couple more years of adult films and then he retired. And become a sex successful real estate agent. Was that Harry? Yeah. Yeah. He changed his business's name from his real name, which I forget, to Harry Reams. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and as soon as people seen Harry Reams real estate, his business took off. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know. That's a beautiful business. 
We lost, lost some really good people. Yeah. And August, please, please, no more. No mas. I'm like <laughs> at the end of the Roberto Duran fight. No mas. No mas. <laughs> exactly. God damn, we need a break. Very true. Very true. The last three weeks have been absolutely fucking brutal, man. God, yeah. Like left, right, left, right. Okay, Carl, you're two, two of your favorite directors from the fucking 70s. Boom! <laughs> yeah. Seriously. God, awful. Yeah. All right, Stephen, what do you got coming up? Oh, I don't know. We'll see what's hanging in the air. If I still feel like, don't feel like shit. But well, I, I was love just doing so glad this, and I'm going to do this as long as I fucking can. Exactly, and 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 luckily tonight we, on on my network we canceled the show, so I was able to do this with you tonight. So again, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And as usual, good night, farewell. Get go to your doctor and get the shit checked out. God damn, please. Absolutely. Because you don't want to realize that you got, that your leg is about to fall off right before it does. You want to know right before the knife hits so you could probably prevent it. Yep. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Well, it's three o'clock in the morning, baby. Can't get right. Well, I hate to leave you, baby. Don't mean maybe because I love you so. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart, good night.